You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. I'm Courtney. I'm Allison. I'm Courtney and Allison. This is the Double X Files, a podcast that is sometimes about the X Files and sometimes an intricate discussion about racism in the 1990s. Y'all. Oh boy. This was a roof one. We were warned. We were warned. We were warned that this is... But like I thought, we've been through hell money. We've been through that voodoo one. I, I'm like, oh, we've seen the worst of yeah. the worst. No, not true. But I think, you know what surprised me the most about this episode mm-hmm. was... Um, How I think, racist it was? Yes. Oh. For a lot of episodes, people are, you know, it's kind of brushed off as like, oh, it was the 90s. But what surprised me was the more I read about it, the more it was like Chris Carter's specific choices about this episode are what contributed the most to it being a racist depiction. And there was a lot of commentary saying, yes, this is 100 for Like, people... I didn't see a lot of commentary of people defending it. Yeah, that's true. Where in other episodes, you see some articles of people defending it. Um, And the the people that you do see defending it are like, oh, you just have to take it with a grain of salt. Which, no, you don't. No, you don't. You absolutely don't have to take anything with a grain of salt. You know what? It's too salty already. Yeah. Don't want it. Don't want it. Let's talk about what this episode's about. Why don't you do the Netflix descriptiono? Okay. Ooh. Um... The Netflix description for season four, episode 11, El Mundo Gira, which we know now know is The World Turns, uh. Uh, goes as follows. A community of migrant workers attributes several strange deaths to El Chupacabra, a creature straight out of Mexican folklore. It's Puerto Rican folklore. Yeah, you were telling me that Chupacabra originated in Puerto, Puerto Rican Rico, folklore. And then went to Nicaragua, then came up to Mexico and Texas, but... Definitely Puerto Rican. I, is, like, does Chris Cutter think that, like, all Latinx people are the same? Stop eating garbage. Hey. Hey. What is she eating? I'm trying to eat some plastic. You don't get to eat that. You're going outside. Man. <laughs> bad boy. Apologies. My bad boy <laughs> was eating plastic. <laughs> Why does she eat plastic, Allison? Just loves the taste. She also likes to lick the broom. She also likes to just jump in the tub and lick whatever's in there. So she's just a rowdy, dirty boy. Yeah, she's she she is. a rowdy, dirty boy. She's sporting a new summer do. Oh, yeah. I didn't want to say anything, but I mean, my roommate ruined her. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. I know. <laughs> we can't bring her to the groomer, okay? No, it just looks like she was laying out in a sunbeam and someone ran her over with a, with a, with a lawnmower. <laughs> the like push kind yeah yeah that's exactly what look it's not a great cut but (laughs) i guess it helps her at least she's cooler she's not matting as much i guess not yeah anyway that's them for cat chat cat chat we we read the description yes we did um let's talk about predictions yes your prediction my prediction we are at what are what I forget what what are our points prior to this prediction round? Yes, I was at one and a half. Uh, one point five. You are at two. Dose, and now you get a half point extra because we're now we're tied. Now we're tied. So you get a point. You said 
I said there would be racial tension in a border town. Nope. There was a racial tension between the actors and the writers. Yeah, there is definitely, that's what I thought, racial <laughs> tension between the writer of the episode and the people he is writing about. But but you don't get a point for that. Uh, yeah, and also it's in Fresno, which is not a border town. It's in the middle of the state. <laughs> Uh, and the other one was, you predicted that they're blaming the death on Chupacabra, but really it's a human. Yeah, so that I do get a half point for. So, two and two. <gasps> We're all tied up. Cor- Corny. What? We're a double-double, eh? Hey, Canadian. No, I'm thinking about ice caps. Oh, damn. Fuck, fuck them double-doubles. Too hot. Need a nice iced coffee. Nice ice cap. Eh? Eh? Love it. You know what I didn't love? What don't you love? Uh, this episode. <laughs> it was very bad. I know. You know, guys, we, I want to, I want to part the curtain. We were feisty for the first, we, we did two, two today. Yeah. This is our second. The first one was feisty. Kind of liked it. We had very good eggs and avocado. You're welcome. Made by Allison. It was delicious. The eggs were over easy and the yolk was runny. And my tummy appreciated And the eggs came from my backyard chickens. And they did so good with those eggs. Yeah, they did. And so I'm full, and then I'm watching racism on the screen, and we're both very angry, So, and we're kind of hot because the window's closed, and yeah. your, your cat is eating plastic, and it's just a big mess. It's a bit of a mess, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's a <sighs> little messy. Let's power through this. Okay, I want to talk about the beginning because I thought this was going to go somewhere that it did not go. Really? Yeah. Okay, why don't you open it up? So we open on this migrant camp, um, and one of the first things that we see is a poster on one of the structures, uh, and the poster is called Orange Queen, or it says Orange Queen, and it's like an old uh, citrus label. Okay, I like those. This is something I've actually been doing a lot of research into, because I'm going to be writing something that's based in California uh, around citrus migrant citrus workers. Okay. Um, During the Depression, or...? Like, right just as and just after Kennedy got elected. You know what's really funny? What? I did a paper on um, fishery workers and did fishery salmon labels, the art of fishery salmon labels, in my fourth year of my history degree. Oh, wow. During that same time. Oh, my God. I know. That's really interesting. Weird. (laughs) So if you want salmon labels, I got them. Oh, thank you. You got a whole folder of them. Um, So what's interesting about citrus labels is um, a lot of the time they would actually be quite unpleasant ethnic depictions of yes. of both people picking the fruit and other ethnicities. Yes. Um, yep. So I thought maybe this episode was going to be more self-aware than it was, but it was not at all. Uh, and then, so we go from... You realize they just put that there because someone had it in their home. Yeah. It's like, not like, it wasn't a choice. It wasn't a mise-en-scene. It wasn't a commentary on race today. I thought it was no. maybe going to be a motif. And then, so what happens after that is that all this hot yellow rain starts falling. Oh, boy. And, okay, we got to talk about the love okay, triangle. Okay. Yeah. You, um, uh, uh. God, God forgive whoever gets between two brothers. There's a pretty lady, mm. and she got a bow, and he's got a cool goatee, mm-hmm. and he's off to work. He's like, see you later, baby. Mwah. And she's like, mwah. And her brother, nope, not her brother. <laughs> his brother. His brother, when he's gone, when the other brother's gone, the, the other brother sneaks up and like, hey, baby. And she's like, oh, you too. Um, and that's the, de- like, that's a deal. Like, Yeah, uh, it's like, that's the whole deal. They they go over this hill to check on the goats because the goats are getting away. 
And then... And then this hot yellow rain starts to fall. I touched your foot with my foot. <laughs> this hot yellow rain starts to fall. And I, at first, was like, it's piss. <laughs> but it was. Yeah, but it was. Um, but also, I was like, what if it's orange juice? It de- <laughs> what if this is like a revenge of the oranges situation? <gasps> is that what you thought this That's was That's what I thought go? it was going to be. I thought it was going to maybe be about migrant citrus workers and, like, revenge of the oranges. Like, the happening... Only with fruit trees. I thought, I think that would be pretty cool. That would have been really cool. What would be like, so the oranges like attack them with acidic juice. What other things could they have done? Well, like, I just, I thought maybe there would be like an orange, a citrus-based chupacabra that would attack like the the (gasps) white factory owners. I would have loved that. I know, but it didn't happen. It was Like a revenge, like an orange chupacabra revenge. I must have revenge. Aww. And it's so sweet, but tart at the same time. Just a little bitter. That's how it should have ended. That's how it should have started and ended. I love it. Um, Instead, the hot rain came down, down, down. The yellow pea rain came down. Came and down. it was like, what's going on? And then they go out and the goats come back, but no one else does. Only two of the goats, too. And I, I, we should mention that actually at the very beginning of this episode is one woman sort of telling this story to a bunch of others in the migrant camp. I guess. Uh, and her name, which we don't, I think, get in the episode, um, is Fla- oh. Flaquita. Or we didn't pay attention. What does that mean? Uh, Flaquita means uh, skinny, so to use it as a name is kind of like a, like a nickname. Yes. And, but I want to get the body part. Yeah. Body it's very good. Oh, oh yeah. So um, they go over the hill, and there's we first we kind of see this this field that's been inundated by this yellow piss rain, and then we see this goat. <laughs> I mean, who hasn't who hasn't made a giant field full of piss? What if God pissed onto us and had a dead goat in there too? It's got a little crazy. Things got a little crazy. Anyway, this corpse. Yeah. Um. So the goat's dead, and then we see uh, Maria's body. The corpse. Yeah. Tell me about it. Eyes gone, mm-hmm. sockets, little kind of crusty, mouth, skin gone. You see the teeth, pearly whites, and then there's this thin layer of like mold. Yeah, like green black mold. It was so beautifully done. It was really interesting. I will say the only good parts of this episode were like the horror gore shots. I was ex- every time there was a new body, I was excited. I was about like, it. finally, yes, more moldy bodies. Yeah. So if this was the trees doing it. How did she die? Did the trees like... The trees? Oh, the orange trees? Oh, the orange trees. Um, did she drink the orange juice and it was too tart and it just burned her little mouth? Well, I don't know. In my version, it's the white people that die. Oh, it's the white people that die. So she's okay. Yeah. Okay, good. I had a hard time finding a background boy. Yeah, me too. The goats. I think the goats were it. I think yeah. the goats were it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um. So Mulder and Skelly show up to this migrant camp and this is where we really dive into the like... Ooh, soap opera kind of elements of this episode, which were some of the most frustrating. Um, and Mulder saying, oh, Scully, don't you know? Nobody cares about immigrants. Yeah, then Mulder really does have like this whole rant. And that that's like one of the main sort of tenets of this episode is that the writer who wrote it, you know, worked in a place where he could see everyday people lining up, migrant workers, workers lining up to go to work, mm-hmm. um, and he thought, ooh, everyone sees them, but no one thinks about them. I'm going to write about them. I'm special. I think about them, so I'm going to write an episode. And then Chris Carter was like, hey, love the episode. Good idea. What if we made it very much more racist? <laughs> <laughs> I just, 
the thing that irks me, and we've seen this the most, is Mulder as a as a mouthpiece for these white writer, mostly white writers, saying, "Oh, people don't care about this. Yeah. Uh, the these minority groups, but we're gonna mention them. We care, but really, the story is so offensive towards these groups that it's just this like whiplash. Yeah, like the honestly." If instead of airing this episode, they had aired an episode written by uh, a Hispanic writer, like, that would have been a billion times better. Because it's their words. Yeah, even if it wasn't, like, about this specifically. Like, even if it was about whatever they felt like writing about. But you can't say, oh, no one, everyone ignores these people. We don't really know the real them. And then at the same point, just pretend it's a big Latinx soap opera. Yeah. Right? Like, that's insane. And what's, I think we should dive into this right now. What's strange and frustrating about this episode is that there are, based on the production of it, there are layers on layers. So initially... It's like an orange. Like an onion. It makes me cry. No, no, it's like an orange. Okay. Two layers. Two layers. Oh, yeah, you're right. So our peel... Yeah. Our uh, our kind of peel of the orange. Yeah. Uh, our writer Josh Shaban, who also wrote The Walk and Teso Dos Bichos, the cat episode. Oh, that one was also very, very racist and bad. Yep. Uh, so he was inspired to write the episode when he saw, as I mentioned, long lines of migrant workers when he was at his job. Um, and he thought, no one talks about these people and I want to talk about these people. Uh, and then he also really wanted to write about like a fungus. Yep. So he did. Um, and then... Is it... Hey, you're a writer, Allison. Yeah. If you want to write about two things, you just smush them together like that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, just check it. No, you try to craft an actual story. story. Oh, okay. Um, so this was Josh's idea, and then what Chris Carter took from it, the, this is the juicy center of the orange, is Chris Carter really liked the parts that were soap opera-esque. Like, that was the part that Chris Carter got really... Um, attracted to. And so he... You mean the worst part. Yeah. So he wanted to push those elements. Oh, God. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's layers of, like, white guy opinions. And another thing that we talk about being really awful in this episode is the music, right? Yes. Um, and this is another area where that, like, weird orange comes into play. Like, the peel of the orange is that... I really like this metaphor now. I thank you. <laughs> I'm tying it all together. Uh, is that Mark Snow wrote a whole score for this episode that was much more serious and mm. less, uh, like, Spanish music influenced than the one that is in the final episode. But Chris Carter heard it, said it was too serious, and made him scrap the whole thing. Uh, and, and pump in. Pump in a new soundtrack, a new score, which did not have a single part of it that didn't have some kind of uh, Spanish musical influence. Yeah, you said it was just loaded with flamenco music. Yeah, like, he put in flamenco music, he did a tango, and so, like, I I would have liked to have watched this with the original score, I guess, because that's what's frustrating, is that I feel like people have ideas that are, like, maybe not the worst, like, just kind of mid-level pretty bad. Mm, yeah, but the even the music wouldn't have erased the stereotypical... No, what I'm saying is, like, like Josh Shabon and Mark Snow had, like, ideas that were pretty bad. Yeah. But then Chris Carter came in, and he pulled out the most problematic elements and, and just, said, make those bigger. And just teased it like saltwater taffy. Yeah, like, yo, boy. Right? Oh, Yeah. I think that's what gets me the most, is, like, it's so weird to, like, look at the production of this episode and how 
it created what the final product is. And uh, do we want to mention the political climate at the time too? Now yeah. That we're, why don't we? Why don't you bring up the Just get all our heavy shit up front? Uh, so two years before this episode aired, uh, California passed Proposition 187. It was a, a proposition that was fairly discriminatory against illegal immigrants because it, it basically was um, not dissimilar to the recent propositions that Arizona's been passing. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, if you arrest someone, if a police officer arrests someone and even kind of thinks they might be an illegal immigrant, they, could, you know, they, they have to turn them over to ICE or, or INS as it was at the time of this episode. Um so uh, a lot of people that were against the law were saying this is discriminatory against illegal immigrants uh, and people that were for the law were saying, no, it's economic. We can't afford to pro- provide social services to people who have entered the country illegally. Um, and here's the thing. As someone who has worked in an area that heavily features migrant immigrants, you're not providing social services for them. No. Like they don't get health care. They don't they don't have any of that. Um, the only thing in terms of would be the school system. But even then, a lot of the kids get pulled out very often. Mm-hmm. So Bill Clinton actually urged Californians to reject this proposition uh, as an impediment to federal policy on immigration. But they voted it in. Yep. They super voted it in. Yeah. 58 percent. Yep. Nice. Um, so that's just a little bit of a political background for kind of maybe why this episode came up at this time but also like you would think it would be less shitty if they're trying to make a commentary that this is in fact a bad thing but they don't know how to do it they don't know how to make a commentary like they just know how to i've never seen good sensationalize okay we're talking about this because we don't want to talk about the episode we really don't want to i think that's it i think we're like what 20 minutes in because we just don't we talked about goats and we talked about hot yellow urine rain. Let's slam through some plot points, shall we? Okay. The big thing is, especially the older woman in the camp thinks it's chupacabra. Yeah. And they keep talking about the chupacabra like it's a person. Now, this, again, is something frustrating to me because throughout the chupacabra's mythos, it's a creature. Yeah. And some people say it's like an alien creature. Some people think um, it's like a creature from the earth but it's never it's not like a werewolf situation mm-hmm. you can't be a chupacabra well but then look what they did with the jersey devil right it was a human as well yeah it was just a homeless woman yep it was real bad it was super bad i know i just and playing around with like oh this is a mexican like when it was originated in puerto rico yeah it just kind of weirded me out um i mean to be fair like it is a folktale that exists in mexico but it's yeah. not I didn't don't think, originate. Yeah. No. Uh, and it, it does, it's heavy in, I mean, to be frank, it's heavy just like white people in Texas, you have like chupacabra hunters. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know. Uh, so the woman in the migrant camp, Flaquita, is insisting that uh, the goat uh, and the goat's death and Maria's death were the result of the chupacabra, whereas yep. someone else, oh, I think it's the brother, Soledad, yeah. says, oh, I know who killed her. It was my brother. So then Mulder has to go check out the brother. Yeah. So they go to a, an INS detention facility. Yep. And the officer there, he's very bad. Yeah. He's real bad. And um, they're like, hey, do you have this guy? And he's like, we have Eric Estrada and... We keep teaching. I'm sorry. Uh, we have Eric Estrada and Cesar Chavez, but not this guy, <laughs> which is kind of cute, like kind of funny that the fake name thing. Dude, I love you and chips. 
Hey, Chips, what's up? <laughs> uh, this was when I knew we were in trouble. Yeah. When the uh, INS agent starts asking the brother a question. Yeah. It's just, just... Like, I wrote down, and we, we made a couple jokes, and then we were just kind of like, are you still talking? The t- amount of talking and exposition, like, just through dialogue in this episode is overwhelming. So it was the brother, the, what was the names? I don't remember. Uh, Soledad was the brother who is not this brother. The other brother. The other brother. The, the hermano. Uh, and this brother was... Eladio. Eladio. So Eladio goes through all uh just basically everything that happened yeah there's a bright light and hot piss came down on me he even says then i felt hot rain fall all over me which is what i do on a saturday night sorry huh Hmm? i'll tell you about it okay um and he screams a lot yeah he does scream a lot and they are like he's a really good actor uh yeah it was just bad. It's very bad. And then um, the INS agent, his name is Lozano, he um, he says about the Chupacabra stuff, like, oh, these people's lives are small and they need to make up stories so that They're, they... Yeah. It's just like, oh. oof, dude. It's like these people's lives are depressing and sad and they could be caught at any moment, so they make fairy tales up to make themselves feel better. Like, woof, oofa duffa. I just... I'm sorry. It made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it made me feel super duper uncomfortable. So that's why we were not a fan of, of that guy, yeah. Lozano. Uh, he was played by a uh, Panamanian salsa singer and actor named Reuben Blades that Chris Carter had been wanting to use for a while. What? How did that come up? Did he, like, just collect his albums? Uh, I guess okay. he's just a fan. Um. Also, Raymond Cruz, who played Eladio, he also it was in Breaking Bad. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, and it's it was commented that his his Spanish was mm, pained at times. Yeah. That was not that is not us saying because we don't speak Spanish, but that is another person, a Spanish speaking person that we found uh, said that it wasn't so good. Uh, which I again, it's just I like, wonder if it's a similar thing that they did in Hell Money, where they just asked everyone to speak slower. But but a lot of the other actors, the Spanish-speaking actors, did not. Yeah, that's true. Like, a lot of it felt really natural, except for him. No, there were a few characters right that there? definitely didn't feel supernatural. Supernatural! Oh, God! Huh? I'm leaving, I quit. No, don't. Please, don't leave me with this episode. Can we talk about some, like, kind of cool fungal stuff? Is no, there okay, can coming? I go, can I do a fart joke yeah, first? Yeah, please. Okay, so they're moving, they're moving Eladio to somewhere else? Well, they want to take him back down to Mexico. Do they? Yeah. Why didn't he well, just... Well, Mulder's do- like, can we delay this? Oh. Like, they want to deport him. So they're taking him, and they're trying to put him in the back of the bus, and everyone's like, no! 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 Because he farted real bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I let you make a, that joke. That was a good one. So they put him in the front of the bus, yeah. and then he uh, he infects... The, no. The guy... Yeah, the, the driver. Guy, the driver. Yeah. The driver has athlete's foot. Mm-hmm. And so Eladio has this enzyme on his skin, the hot piss rain, that... Um, makes funguses grow, grow fast. rapidly. Grow very, very yeah. fast. So this man had a bad athlete's foot and got all over his skin. And his face looked like a giant toe. Mm-hmm. It did. And so the bus crashed and everyone everyone ran. And we're like, bye, bitch. We're out. <laughs> See ya. We're out, bye. Um, 
but this is Scully's second body that had rapid fungus issues. Yeah. For sure. And she's like, what's going on? So basically. <sighs> oh, boy. Mulder, again, really shitty. He's like, hey, Scully, why don't you do work? Like, do your. Hey, Scully, why don't you do your job? I'm going to go with this guy, Lorenzo, mm-hmm. and I'm going to just catch a mythical creature. <laughs> yeah. And, and get pa- hey, and get paid more than you to do so. The way that Mulder speaks to Scully in this episode uh, is not my favorite. So the big issue now is Elandio needs to, he wants to go back to Mexico. Yeah. Because he wants to escape his brother because his brother wants to kill him because uh, uh, bad writing. And he goes to a barbershop. Yeah. What was the barbershop? Oh, it was called El Nino Family Cuts. Oh, great. That's perfect. And he asked the guy who took him across the border the first time to bring him back. Yeah. And the barber goes like, no, I need money. This is where we see our other background boy. That was not a goat. Oh, yeah, it did. It's the barber pole. The barber pole was spinning. Just spinning. Now, what was special about this barber pole? Do you remember? Every time... <laughs> Someone says something racist. It just is spun just got faster. faster. <laughs> and by the end, it was just <laughs> flew away. Just flew, ripped itself right off the wall and flew oh, away. Like a little helicopter. <laughs> that was my, that was a very good background. All I could look at in that scene was that barber pole. <laughs> <laughs> it's very distracting. It was yeah. going really fast. So yeah, he needs to get money. Elandio needs to get money by the end of tonight, that night, I to go back to Honestly, Mexico. I drifted off on a lot of the details. <laughs> To go back to Mexico. He did not get a haircut. No. He left. Oh, is this now Skelly goes to the... For the, I think we skipped it, but you can talk about the first body if you want. Oh, yeah, I want sure. to. Sure, do. So Skelly goes into the morgue. I mean, we don't have rules. I just said it was really cool, though. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, Skelly goes into the morgue, and there's uh, already an, an Emmy working there, and um, a medical examiner. Uh... <laughs> Working on some big fat white guy. Um, and Scully tries to like kind of talk to her and be like, oh, can I look at that body? She's like, yeah, it's in the fridge. Go get so it. Scully's like, well, he's not going anywhere. Uh, anyway, so they pull the body out and Scully zips open the body bag and it's just the whole thing is just packed to the brims with mold. It really looks cool. Do you cool. remember the type of mold that was? Aspergillus. Aspergillus. Isn't that what like what people drink? No, A- asper- aspergillus. No, I don't think people drink that. It's holy water sprinkler. Oh, what? That's what aspergillium means, apparently. From the Latin spargare, to sprinkle. <laughs> That's really cute. I thought it was, you know the, you know, hey, you know millennials? Yeah. They like to be healthy. Mm-hmm. So I thought when they eat their smoothies with avocado and spinach in them, they put aspergillus. Are you thinking of spirulina? Yes. Yeah. Uh, seaweed. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's like a seaweed you can grow in tank. Really? Yeah. And My the... roommate wanted to grow some Ew. in a fish tank. Ew. He's got Ew. a lot of plans. He's got... Hey, can I say your roommate has big plans? He's got big plans. Um, your roommate also wanted to build me a flea circus, so... <laughs> Just dropping that down there. That's amazing. Okay, so I was wrong. Aspergillus is not... Well, I'm sure you could put it in your smoothie. Um, I don't... Okay, yeah. Why it's, not? Uh, it's a major component of mildew. So you're already... you. It's already, it's already in, in there. <laughs> it's already in your... It's in your lungs right now. Apparently it can, it contains... Or it's a genus 
uh, that consists of a few hundred species. Of course. They're everywhere. Mm, mold. Mold. It's everywhere. That's my mold slogan. Mold, it's everywhere? Yeah, so if mold um, needs to advertise, they can use my slogan. Mold, it's everywhere. If mold ever becomes sentient, number one, we are in trouble. Yes. Personally, because my bathroom and also your bathroom is disgusting. It's a, it's a, it's just like a wonderland. Remember how we said we don't do a courtesy rinse? (laughs) That really goes to the whole bathroom. It's not just the shower. Just everywhere. Spray. And and you at least... (laughs) See, at least you have a bigger bathroom than I do. It's spread out. Yeah. Mine is just like, ooh. 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 Can I tell you, I don't know what it is, but my tub has started to turn orange. Hmm. Um, have you been bathing in carrot juice? Yes. Like banicula? But that, I don't think that's it. Mm. <laughs> you don't think that's it? No. Is there an orange mold? I don't know. It. Uh, you know what? Could what? be Cheeto dust. Oh, we do play D&D in there. We I, Also, I'm not allowed to eat Cheetos on the couch. So you just eat them in the tub. So I have to strip down and eat my Cheetos, and then my husband sprays me down afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I eat something messy. As he should. That's because one time I ate crackers in the bed. Yeah, I can see it. And he'll never let me forget never it ever again. You. No, now so I have to he be sprayed would, down. So he would kick you out of bed for eating crackers. He did. He was really <laughs> upset. And... <laughs> He's like the princess in the pea. First of all, hey, I was sick. My tum-tum felt real bad. So when your tum-tum feels real bad, you have saltine crackers. Yeah, absolutely. I was afraid if I were to go downstairs in the kitchen, I would leave a trail of diarrhea down the stairs. (laughs) So, so, I took my crackers and I kept them in bed with me. Okay. As one does. Yeah. A couple nights later, I hear Colin going, ah, ah, ah. I said, what, what's the matter? And this is like two o'clock at night. There's, there's crumbs. <laughs> Cody, there's crumbs. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Would you rather have diarrhea on your stairs, sir? <laughs> yeah, you choose. You make the choice. You choose. So I'm not allowed anymore. Okay. But sometimes I, hey, just between us, sometimes I do it anyway. <laughs> Sometimes you don't feel like getting hosed off in the tub. Some one time I ate Rice Krispies and that would be... Oh, oh, no! They just got everywhere. <laughs> it was great. What, that was, another time I also dropped hot honey on the floor. <laughs> and boiling honey. You should just put like like put a single Rice Krispie under his pillow and see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to do that tonight. Nice. <laughs> uh, that was a fun diversion. Let's talk about racism again. Okay. Boyfriends. Can we talk about the boyfriends? Boyfriends. So, <laughs> uh, so Eladio needs money. Yeah. To get back to Mexico because yeah. his brother's going to kill him. So he is going to go out um, outside the Home Depot with all the other migrant workers, and they're waiting for someone to pick him up. Mm-hmm. And instead, so there's a white guy, and he's like, he chooses two guys, and they're they're boyfriends. Yeah, they're boyfriends. They're boyfriends. <laughs> and then they open up the truck, and um, Eladio's there. And the white guy's like, hey, get out. And Eladio's like, uh-uh-uh. I'm staying. Which is kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, and the boyfriends are like, we are out of here. Yeah. Now, how did they know he was Chupacabra? 
I think they're just like, oh, this weird dude is in the back of this truck and he won't leave. I don't think we want this job. I, I thought it was the feeling like everyone knows this man is Chupacabra because of, like, Hispanic mysticism. I think that's what they're trying to oh, get across. Oh, that's so gross. Anyway, these two bo- these two men were boyfriends because they held hands as they left. Yes. And, and we, made, we will find that representation in any goddamn place we can take made it. made me feel better. Anyway, he's going to go build a house or something. Yeah. Meanwhile, meanwhile, at the where? Where are we going? Mycology place. Oh wait, wait, wait! Can I tell uh, where this scene took place? Yeah, near my work, oh, yeah, through chemistry. Yeah, yeah. You got really excited. Yeah. So, um, I work in South Vancouver, and it's in this industrial part of town, and that place is right next to the pool store, mm. but pool as in table pool and oh, not pool. Oh, not swimming pool. But they also have foosball, which is pretty good. Oh, cool! And it's near uh, the fabric store I go to. And near the fish plant, which smells great on a hot day. Oh, I also work near a fish plant. Yeah? It's right behind my office. Oh, boy, it's real bad. Well, actually, I mean, like every Friday or so, the fish plant behind my office dumps out. And I, um... <laughs> like I do every Friday. Yeah. You know. Uh, so a truck pulls up underneath the spout and it just, all these fish just like go into the truck. Uh, and it looks amazing, and there's all this, like, pink stuff, like, pink liquid coming out. Oh. Um, but people at my work know how excited I get about this fish plant. Yeah. That when it's happening, someone who sits near the window will type into our, like, inter-office chat, WeChat. Allison, it's happening, and I'll just <laughs> run to the window, and I'll be like, oh my god, yes! How are the seagulls? They love it. They, they swarm go, all I... over. And the best part is, like, the guy that drives the truck. Yeah. He has to go up and close the hatch when it's done. Oh. But the seagulls are just swarming. And so one there's this one guy, he just ki- ki- he keeps like a shovel with him. And he just climbs up on there, he just swings it around. <gasps> That's amazing. Yeah. Could you imagine being up there and getting a seagull to the head? That Terrifying. And sometimes like the seagulls like go right in the hatch and it's <gasps> like, you can't do that, sir. What, what would happen if they got caught in there? Well, they would probably just die amongst the fish and become dog food. Oh my god. Ooh. Yeah, I, I emailed them to find out what happens to the fish, so. Did you? Yeah. Dog food? Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you're... The vice president was very cordial in his reply. <laughs> did you... Wait. Hold on. How did you phrase this, like, Dear sir and or madam, I watch your hatch every Friday. <laughs> I'm across the street. I did. I, I work like, at a cartoon studio. I work at the animation studio across from your fish factory, and I was just curious what happens to all the fish. And I got a response from the vice president. <laughs> that is the most adorable thing you've ever done. <laughs> My God. I want to go on a tour there. We could. Probably smell real bad, though. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Oh, I'm not a fan of dead fish. Oh. Live fish, though. Love them. No. Oh. Just to love them. Not to eat them. I guess you no. wouldn't want to eat a live fish. Uh-uh. Unless you're gone. <laughs> Or the that live fish sushi? What's live fish sushi? <gasps> you haven't heard that? No. In like in I've seen it in the Korean videos and me- and uh, Japanese videos. There's some restaurants that to prove that their fish is fresh, they don't kill the fish before they cut it apart. So it's sashimi, and you take it off the live fish. Oh. Yeah. I don't like that. No, I don't like that either. But I am thinking about sashimi now. It does sound very good. Okay, let's talk about the guy in the toilet. Fine. Oh, yeah, I do want to. 
talk about the guy in the toilet. Okay, so Eladio is working <laughs> at this um, building site, and um, he starts to feel sick, and his he has a pain in his tummy. Yep. Um, and he's like running around trying to find the guy that runs the site. So you'd be like, I gotta go. You gotta get my muns, hun. And then he does he just take off? Yeah, I think he, no. Oh his yeah, brother, yeah, his yeah. brother. Um, but she the girl. The woman, we don't know how they're related. We find out later they're the cousin. Yeah. She calls him? Does she call him? Oh, and then he's like... No, that's later on. Never mind, never mind, never mind. That's at the grocery store. But does he open the porta potty Eladio or just Soledad? Soledad does. Oh, okay. Soledad does. So Eladio's in the how, the site and he's not feeling... Yeah, he does just run off. He just runs off, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then Soledad, like, sees him run off, I think. I don't know. He just comes. I don't remember what happens. He just comes for him. Uh, anyways, the important part, the part that you need to know, is that Soledad opens the porta potty, the John, and the honey pot. <laughs> That's what I call him. Keep going for all your boiling hot honey. Oh boy. Uh, so there is a man. The site guy that's running the site is in there, and he's just all fungus. It's like a web. It of is like a, like a weird fungus spider. He, web. Did you notice he has something like crawling, like just like sticking out of his mouth? Yeah, yeah, it was very good. Now, I'm really this episode. I think excited me in these specific parts because I actually was really. Uh, some people may know I was considering going back to grad school a while mm-hmm. ago. Um, <laughs> oh, oh, boy. oh, younger Allison. Um, but the thing that I was really interested in studying was a. Uh, um, fungus growth on corpses really yeah that's what i wanted to go back and do a master's on you know i would really yeah i know about bugs on on that and i know like decomposition but i didn't know you get a lot of fungus yeah you do yeah like just coming out everywhere really um there's a lot of like i mean there's so much bacteria associated with your body and when you die it kind of starts to build yeah i know the bacteria part so is there like special human corpse funguses uh, no, it, um, there's some that are, like, specific to human corpuses, but also it has to do with, like, where you are. Oh, so where you die. Yeah. Interesting. So, if you were to, like, test soil, and if there is, like, a human body fungus, you could be like, there's a body around here. Yeah, definitely, I mean, there's not a lot of research done into it so far, but That's why a, you wanted to your master's. Yeah, so there's a few different studies that kind of talk about the possibility of using that as a metric. Even if you're not doing your master's, are you still looking at it? I'm still thinking about that's it. That's good. That's good. That's good. I like it. It's interesting. But this fungus was out of control. Oh, it was all over the place. Too much. Too much fungus, Jerry. <laughs> Seinfeld always Sometimes makes... we get Seinfeld. <laughs> we were a child of the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Just one, though. What? You said we were a child of the 90s. Yeah, together. We, we are... We are double X Files. <laughs> double uh, X Files. Do your do your laundry. When Mulder finds the man in the honey pot all fungused out, yeah, he gets a call from Scully. Yeah, and Scully's like, "This is exactly, hey Mulder, this is exactly what this is. Yeah, it, these people just carry fungus on them because we have fungus all the time everywhere. Uh-huh. And um, Eladio has some sort of weird enzyme that when it interacts with fungus it just grows exponentially Mm -hmm. and Mulder's like but aliens but aliens and it's just oh fuck (sighs) if you want a good example of mansplaining oh boy everything yeah this is very good this is very good I don't know how Scully works with this motherfucker I don't either although she says some shit as well oh yeah what did she say she oh she calls this whole like by the way, two minutes into this episode, she calls the 
wedded the situation a Mexican soap opera. Yeah. So Those thanks, the words, Kelly. That's Come the on. words that comes out of her mouth. Anyway, what's next? Um, what's next is, okay, so they go, the Eladio goes to this woman that we've literally never met before. Yes. Uh, we don't know who she is. Her name is Gabrielle, but we have no idea who she is or what she means to any of them. She's he, a cousin, apparently. Yeah. He asked her for money. She now. says, no dice. But I'll get them. I'll get... I'll get the money. I work at a store later. Yeah. Uh, come back later. I work at a store. Um, and then Eladio goes to a grocery store. Yes. And he just starts eating nuts out of the bulk bins. Like I do whenever I go to the superstore. I just <laughs> sample the bulk You gotta section. try. You gotta know if you want to buy it. You gotta well, try okay. it. Okay. You know what? I don't... I. If you go get some... Some of their products are really stale. Yeah. So sometimes like a mixed nuts... You, get, you taste the corn nuts on there, and they're just, like, really hard, and I don't want that. No, you can't have hard so, corn nuts. N- so, you can't have hard nuts at all. No. So, I do try. I do sample before I buy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got but, but But to be fair, I will buy something. Like I'm, I'm not judging you. I know, but other people are. I feel it. Hell, I'll take a whole handful walk out the store. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give what a shit. What up now? What up now? Deal with it. Fuck capitalism. <laughs> Anyway, fuzzy nuts. Can we talk about the fuzzy yeah, nuts? Yeah, so he kind of knocks this thing over as he leaves because this white guy's like, hey, you're going to have to pay for those. Hey, you have to clean that up. Hey, hey, hey. Um, uh, hold on, Allison. I want to click on something. On the Wikipedia page we have open, that store clerk, that very store clerk, our favorite store clerk, his name is like, has his own Wikipedia page. Tony Dean Smith. So I need to figure out Go for it. that. Oh. Oh. Oh, tell us about Tony Dean Smith. That's really cool. So this guy played the store clerk, um, and he was born in Joburg, South Africa. And Johannesburg. He, yeah. You said Joburg. People call it Joburg. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he currently lives in Vancouver, an award-winning graduate of Vancouver Film School, and that's where I went. He was selected to be one of five directors for Director Guild of Canada's Kickstart 2003 program, resulting in awards and accolades for his film Reflection. He's directed numerous episodes of the television series Robson Arms, Oh. written and directed the Whistler webisodes, and co-directed the comedy Summerhood. Um... So he sounds like a real cool guy. Local talent. Yeah. Anyway, Tony, that's why I wanted to click on Tony Dean Smith. Well, I'm glad you did. The more we know. The more we know. Cool. Uh, so Tony Dean Smith. Oh, my God. Do you think we could, like, get an interview with him? Uh, uh, we should try. You think we could finally find an email, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay. Okay. Um. So Tony Dean Smith picks up one of these nuts on the floor after uh, Leggio is skedaded. As one does. Uh. And it is just fuzzy and green. It's real fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Yum, 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 yum. Uh, apparently there was a lengthy argument as to whether, how, how this fuzzy nut should look, which I love, um, between the production team and the... It's okay if you don't shave, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, if it's green, I'd worry a little bit, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, dyeing your armpit hair is in now. Maybe yeah, yeah, yeah. Dyeing your pubic oh, hair? Oh, it's got to be in somewhere. I don't know. I'd be afraid of... Yeah, I mean, you got to be careful. Down don't there. Don't use Kool-Aid. That's how you get ants. Yep. And yeast infections. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Funny ants. Anyway, um, Tony Dean Smith dies. Yeah. A real, again, a really cool fungus death. Yeah. It's like all green moldy thing. Because uh, when Mulder and um, Lozano. Lozano. When Mulder and Lozano go there later, 
Um, they, you know, walk past this woman at the front desk who's just hanging out on the phone, and then they go through the whole store until they get to the part where, the place where Tony Dean Smith has died, and it's like, how did no one notice this? He's just gone. This is very big, a very big yellow stain, and he's all fuzzy. All, and green is good moss. It was really really cool. These were the best parts. Yeah, the, the body work was so good. Why did it have to be in such a shitty episode? I don't know. Allison. Yeah. I only want vengeance. <laughs> yeah, I know. So what is they, they catch up with Soledad, right? Yes. Uh wait, when does he say that? So the brother, um, Soledad, yeah. he goes to the grocery store. Yeah. That's right. And he pulls oh, a gun yeah. out of uh he pulls a gun on Mulder and um uh, Lozano. Mm-hmm. And he's just the words that are coming out of his oh, it's mouth very bad. are very, very bad. I want, I only want revenge. A revenge that is from a brother to another brother. Like, it's just... Yeah, it's really bad. They're, they're toning up the Mexican soap opera stereotype to 11. Yeah. And it's just, like... It's horrid. People aren't like that, my friend. Like, just... Just, just be fucking cool for just one second. cool. They're not. They're not cool. Anyway, they're going to use um, Soldad to lure um, Eladio out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So they go back to the migrant worker ho- housing um, place. Yeah. Not Mulder and Skelly don't go. Why? I don't know. We don't who remember. Um, yeah, why? Anyways, who cares? <laughs> they show up later. Who gives 10 shits? Um, not us. Who gives 2,000 kilos of boom boom? <laughs> Call back. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Now, this is where it kind of breaks down and gets super weird because um, uh, Lozano and Soledad go back to the migrant workers camp. But at this point, we see the story begin to be told from several different perspectives. Yeah, that was really weird. So from Flaquita back at the beginning when she was telling the story, we fla- we go back to that. We see Gabrielle telling a bunch of migrant workers waiting to be picked up for work. And then um, Mulder and Scully telling and Skinner. Mulder and Scully telling Skinner, and they're all telling different versions of the story. So what happened? We don't know. No. Either aliens came to get El Chupacabra, Ladio, and took him up to their Chupacabra spaceship, or uh, Soledad was uh, begging with Ladio to turn around and see his tears. Um, <laughs> see my tears! See my tears. Uh, Be a man and face your brother! And then um, uh, he... Uh, uh, Lozano wanted Soledad to shoot Eladio, but he wouldn't. And so then Lozano got in a fight with Soledad, who shot Lozano, and then he had a green face print. Um, anyways, Lozano's dead. That's what we know that for sure. Yeah. And then maybe the two brothers are gone and turned into Chupacabra now, aliens. Okay. The, the, okay. They did kill that barber, though. They did. Then that was kind of a last minute thing. Can we talk about what is going on with them? Yeah, I don't know. Like as people, I don't know. Um, so they have this enzyme, and how did it come from the sky? I don't know. The enzyme is the the hot yellow piss. The hot yellow piss. So how come Soldad had it? I don't know. Well, the uh, according to the story, uh, it was passed on to him from his brother because of revenge and some shit. Anyway, their heads. Very geometric. Well, it looks like 
William Defoe in Shadow of the Vampire. <laughs> he does. Like a very Nosferatu situation it's very going weird. on. Very weird. And so now they're just like little Nosferatu heads wandering their earth forever. And then there's just some stuff that Mulder and Scully say to Skinner about how these people love their stories. And Skinner is all of us because he says, I'm very confused by this story. <laughs> yes. So they're trying to, I want to, th- you know what? What? That last scene makes me think like, they had a table read, and they're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. We need to add one extra scene of Mulder and Scully to white people saying exactly what happened. Yeah. But still, but still not to have a, a resolution. But, and then Mulder says, like, oh, they, Skinner's like, I still don't understand why you didn't hunt these guys down and take them into custody. And Mulder's like, or Scully says, oh, these, you know, they have a way of becoming invisible. Which ties back into, you know, I guess what what um, Siobhan and, and Carter wanted to talk about when they wrote this episode. It's just not really... It's just bad. It's bad stuff, guys. It's bad Super stuff. Super bad. Are we done talking about it now? Yeah. Good. Let's do ratings. Ratings. I rate on a spooky scale. Five is I'm so upset. <laughs> I can't sleep. One is I'm sleepy. I've been yawning all the way through this. I know. Um, 1.31. 1.31. Yeah. Okay. I like the bodies. That gets a 1. That gets a 1.31. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I read on a rage scale. It goes from 1, which means this is a beautiful, perfect, Emmy-worthy episode, uh, all the way... <gasps> haven't got one yet. Nope. Uh, all the way to Excelsis Day, which was the worst episode we've ever seen and the rating champ of badness. Yes. Uh, this episode gets a 9 from me. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, the only reason it's not a 10 is because of the cool-ass uh, death scene. The body, body scenes. The body horror yeah, turns it down a notch. That's the only reason it's not a full 10. But God, this episode fucking sucked, y'all. You know what? We've been pr- we've been sitting in some pretty good episodes. Yeah, we have. We've been in the three to four range. We've been treated relatively nicely. It's just like I'm so this. It sucks the life out of you. Yeah, it really does. How do you guys? How, how do you guys watch this this TV show for pleasure? <laughs> like for fun? I don't know how. This is a job. This is labor. This is emotional labor we're doing for you, our listeners, our space cadets. And I'm real tie-tie. I can tell you're tie-tie. I'm really annoyed. Aww. Let's talk about El Chupacabra. Okay, yay. Chupa Chups, as I call him. Uh, do you? I do now. Cool. Come and tell us, dude, about the spooky thing that happened to you. Because we'll never tell you that we don't believe you. Unless we get abducted, we will never leave you. We want to hear about your personal X-File. This is an article from the TexasObserver.org called Chasing the Chupacabra. I like this article because it starts out with uh, interviewing the woman, Phyllis uh, Canyon, who has shot and stuffed a chupacabra. Oh. Um, so just to give you the download on that, um, in Texas currently... They are calling this creature chupacabra. It's what they think is a lot of coyotes with mange or a a, a kind of a genetically slightly different coyote. There Mm. it is right there. Oh, cute. Um, And because it has no hair, it has very predominant teeth, canine Mm. teeth. So they say, well, maybe this is what people saw. Um, And so in Texas, you can see a lot of videos and a lot of like people killing these things that they call chupacabra. 
But I want to start with the beginning. Okay. Um, in the summer of 1995, a wave... So this is, like, recent. Yeah. Um, a wave of livestock killings rocked the th- towns of rural Puerto Rico. The victims were found with wounds at their throats seemingly empty of blood. Without a culprit, dark rumors spread throughout the island. Somebody, somewhere, gave the culprit a name. Chupacabra, the goat sucker. That August, the panic was building to a fever pitch. A woman named Madeline Tolentino... Uh, reported a bizarre sighting outside her mother's house. A long-limbed, earless creature with a spiny back appeared in the yard, she said, huge eyes staring through the window. Spooked by her scream, the thing leaped into the jungle. In the wake of this account, aided by a sketch she later produced with a local UFO researcher, uh, reports of bipedal, spiny, red-eyed creatures proliferated over 200 sightings in Puerto Rico alone. (laughs) Some asserted it was an escaped American genetics experiment or an alien collecting blood to spread AIDS. Okay! It's... (laughs) It's form fluctuated wildly. Ooh. I know. The number of the spines on his back, whether it crept or leapt or flew uh, or, or flew on bat rings, and floated through the air using telekinesis. The first sighting in the continent of the United States took place a year later in Miami, others appearing in Mexico, Brazil, Chile, uh, Spain, and, and Portugal. Within a few years, the chupacabra had transformed into a full-blown global phenomenon. Now, that was the origin, and uh, it has spread. In Texas, there have been sightings and bodies, 2004, 2007, 2010, and it's continued. And again, um, cryptozoologists are really excited because they they do not think it's a coyote with mange. They think it's a whole separate animal. Yeah. Um, and they've been doing genetic testing. They call it, like, ugly vampiric dogs. <laughs> and they're and they're running through Texas. Now, whether or not that is the same thing that happened in Puerto Rico, which was a huge deal, um, the government got involved in it, um, it remains to be seen. But yeah. it's still kind of the same genre of this small, kind of hairless creature preying on... Um, livestock. I had no idea that it was as recent as 1995 that that even came like to be a thing. That's why I think I really like it mm-hmm. because it happened during our time. Yeah, I like that. That's it. fascinating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like our feet, right? Yeah. Well, what year was this episode in? Uh, I'd say probably 96. Let me see. 97, January 12th. So 97. the first sightings, July 1995. Okay, so, so super duper recent. Yeah, which is interesting. That is interesting. Um, so yeah, later on it would come up to Texas and chupacabras all over Texas, and they even have bodies and a taxidermy chupacabra. So that's pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Thank I'll you post for that. pictures and I'll post maybe. Um, I'll post some eyewitness accounts from Puerto Rico because those are important, and maybe the government reaction to that. Cool. Mm-hmm. What do we do next? Uh, it's time for predictions. Oh, good. And it's your turn to predict. Good. Anything could happen based on a name. Anything could happen when you're playing the prediction game. Tell me, Courtney, what's it gonna be? A way to dredge up all of your childhood anxiety. The title for this episode, season four, episode 12, is Leonard Betts. A dude. Uh, uh, he seems to be a dude. Do we know who this is? I have no idea. No, it's not someone we met before. I can't remember anyone by that name. Leonard? No. <laughs> um. So we kind of had like a Monster of the Week thing. Maybe we're going to go back to Serial Killer? 
Mm. Oh, this is hard. Let's see him soon. Um, I can I say okay? We are we are dum dums. Yeah. I'm gonna say we've seen this person before. Okay. We just don't remember them. Okay. So a half point will be they are opening up a case that they've solved before. Oh, okay. Okay. Cool. I do. I don't know. Hey, which case it is? Don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, and in my bones. Mm-hmm. I think Scully gets kidnapped again. No, please. That's uh, I. You could just predict that for every episode. I know. You'd be right half the time. I know. I know. I know. Or do you want me to go through like what it is? Or no, I'll know, take I it. I'll take it. Leonard is. Yeah. Hey, who is the guy who f- um had sex with dead corpses? Was that Leonard? I don't think so. Okay, that was gonna be my guess. Mm. Uh, okay, half point for opening an old case, and half point for Scully being traumatic. Traumatic, tra- <laughs> traumatized, being, traumatized. Okay, kidnapped. Yeah, and Mulder saving her. Uh, I'm just really down on the X Files. Yeah, you guys. I know, especially after this up. Well, you know, you got to risk it to get that biscuit, so uh, we're gonna have to keep risking it. What biscuit do we get? What's the biscuit? Halloween candy. I guess I can buy that with my own money. Okay, we'll brag watch- about it. I don't need to watch the X Files. <laughs> You have enough money to buy Halloween discount Halloween candy. You shut the fuck up. That's true. Yeah. Um, and I know you will. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, guys. Cheer us up. Yeah. Cheer us up. Cheer us up with your, your emails and your tweets and stuff. Where can they get a hold of us, Allison? You can email us at doublexfilespodcast at gmail.com. That's double spelt out. Uh, you can tweet at us, uh, Facebook at us, or uh, Instagram at us um at double x files at all of those sites uh and we you can see all our dang memes at fuck yeah double x files.tumblr.com yeah please send us in your personal x files send us in maybe you have a chupacabra story we just want to hear from you for sure you're like our sweet children that never write us <laughs> why don't you write your grandmas yeah write your grandmas write your grandmas me and allison your grandmas your best grandmas we'll give you a butter toffee no one of those Caramels. Werther's? Werther's. I got a couple in my purse right now. <laughs> we'll mail you one Werther's <laughs> if you send us an email. Uh, speaking of mail, if you want to get into our snowmail club, $7 a month at patreon.com slash thunderquack gets you in. Yeah. Hey, you're going to go to like Japan or some shit, I right? I am going to Japan. Yeah, you're in gonna June. You're going to bring back some weird ass stuff. I will bring back some weird ass stuff for our nice. snowmail club. Maybe some candy, so maybe some fun. cute little things. Yeah, if you want some cool uh, spooky stuff from Japan, you better join up before June. Now, you're not going to buy anyone else cool stuff from Japan. Not even me, right? No, I Just would never. Snail mail. Just well, snail mail. One thing I am going to do is huh? I found a shop in Tokyo Station where you can get all the different Kit Kat flavors. <gasps> Allison. Oh, no. Please, Allison. Please, Allison. Forget about the stuffed uh, whale shark I want Mm -hmm. or the stuffed giant Japanese salamander I want. Uh Uh-huh. I want that. You want Kit Kat? Can we just have, like, a feast of it? You know, in the Kit Kat, there's two of them. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) You like that? No, I won't. (laughs) Give me a break. I will bring you back one exciting flavor of Kit Kat. No, I want to try it with you, Okay, whatever Kit Kats you bring back, we'll share. Okay. Okay. That's all I wanted. You wanted a whale shark prior to this. I also want that whale shark. Okay. <laughs> and the salamander. Okay. Please, Grandma, bring uh, me back everything. I've only got so much space. Okay, but also, there you can get a lot of Kit Kat at TNT. Oh, yeah? So you have to, 
you have to see what kind of they have. Okay. So you don't bring back devils. Okay. Because if you goddamn bring me creme brulee, I've already had Do it. Do they have wasabi kickets? Yes. At the TNT? Yeah. Oh, I've okay. had it. Oh, I gotta go there. Oh, okay. It's good. Anyway, that's TNT chat. Or, yeah, TNT Kit Kat chat with you and me. Yeah? Yeah. Give us a break. Give us a break. Hey, you know what? Tell a friend. Okay. <laughs> about our podcast, not about Kit Kats. No, don't tell them about Kit Kats. Tell them about, hey, you know what? Why don't you mm. go to your favorite food store? Our favorite is TNT. And why don't you get a big box of your favorite candy? Yeah. And why don't you mm, break each piece of candy in half and stuff a little paper note inside and then give it to your best friend? Well, Courtney, do you think they're going to choke on that? Well, when they do choke, someone will perform a Heimlich maneuver and then out will burst a paper that has our website doublexfiles.com on it. <laughs> yeah, I can't see a single way that could go wrong. Never. Oh, all press is good press. <laughs> oh, God. I'm tired. Let's get out of here. Okay. Thank you for listening, Space Cadets. We love you. We love you. We don't love the X-Files. That's our whole shtick. Yeah. We're doing this for you. Until next time. The, the truth, truth is out, out there. there. Real angry. I know, me too. I can't wait for Kit Kats. <laughs>